Hey everyone, Jamin Moore and Alex Morgan here with you. Hopefully Robert Joinus will be able to join us shortly. We are live from PayPal Park where the earthquakes just dropped a difficult one, one nothing to the visiting Seattle Sounders. Let's bring uh, Alex in here. Alex, you know, how did you see the game tonight? It, it felt like quite a bit like one of those zero zero draws that we saw these two teams have two of last season but there was a bit of magic in there for a rolled on and then more magic for a different rolled on at the end of the game. How did you see it going? Uh, I mean, that was a crazy ending there when uh, Alex rolled on had to step in goal because uh, Stefan Fry got injured and, you know, best wishes to him because he is you know, probably the best goalkeeper in major league soccer. Uh, he made a really outstanding save in the first half. Uh, and so uh, he's really key for, for Seattle. Uh, but nonetheless, Seattle were able to uh, hold on to the win. And, you know, that's just because they're so good at game management. I mean, they score a really early goal and never looked like they lost control of that game, really. Um, at the back, they had Kate Cowell on lock. Uh, I just thought it was a fantastic all around uh, performance from them. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Brian Schmetzer, all credit to him because Matias Almeida likes to make these games hectic. He likes to make these games wild and open in the middle because uh, that's when the Quakes succeed. Uh, but Schmetzer didn't let him do that at all. Uh, Seattle really clamped down control on this on this game and you know showed why they are currently top of of the major league soccer standings. But on the other hand, I think you know the Quakes kept themselves in the game and. Uh, you know, I, I think that there was a, a solid performance and by no means were they getting blown out like they did 7-1 last year. So uh, I wouldn't lose too much uh, confidence in this team if I were Matias Almeida. I think it just goes to show how strong Seattle are. Yeah, they rolled out and, and people had called it a, a 3-5-2, but, uh, but really it more looked like a 3-4-3 tonight. It looked, they had uh, three up top with Rui Diaz in the middle. And what they did is they really kind of spread the quakes out in a way there where they were almost like man marked out. And there was really no place for them to move the ball through the middle of the pitch. Every time they they tried to, there was always a man following him. But it was almost like they took a, a playbook uh, from the quakes and used some of the quakes man marking against them at times. The press was really effective at just taking out the right players in the right times. The quakes tried some new things in the second half, tried to get the ball up to uh, to Cowell on the sidelines, but it didn't work out all that well because of the the change that they that Seattle had made at halftime to put New Who on him. You know, it seemed like they were able to match each other almost stride for stride, physical with each other. Uh, New Who's just a beast by himself. Kate Cowell's a beast, and the two of them going up against each other. I, I'm not quite sure how it showed on the TV, but live, you know, it was a, a very interesting thing to watch. You know, what did you see in the uh, in the second half there, Alex? Well, I mean, I'll just start with Nuhu because it was immediately obvious that he had Tommy Thompson beat down the, the left wing every time. I mean, I, I forgot, honestly, how how strong uh, and fast that Nuhu is. He did the same thing when Seattle came to, uh, it was then Earthquake Stadium, now PayPal Park, last year. He did the same thing. He just beat Tommy Thompson every time with his pace. And, you know, that's what he did this time. I think I tweeted two minutes into the game. 
I'm not excited about this this Tommy Thompson Newhu matchup. And sure enough, you know, it was Newhu bombing down that left wing, beating Tommy to set up that first goal. And, you know, that was the goal that mattered. That was the game-winning goal. I, I would say for uh, the rest of Seattle, I mean, I, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said it was just a really effective press in that they were shutting down the right players at the right time. They weren't like swarming the quakes at the back, uh, but they had a really high, you know, front line. They had a high, high front line and then their back line was dropping deep. Uh, so they were leaving a lot of space in the middle, uh, mostly around trophies. They were basically saying, okay, we're going to force, you know, trophies to make some plays here. We're going to give trophies some space and see what he can do. Uh, and, you know, he, he did make a play. He, he uh, earned that penalty that was later called back by VAR. Uh, but otherwise, you know, I don't think he was able to get involved as much as I would have liked to have seen. Uh, and so I just think that was a, a good bet by Seattle. And it's really amazing how much Brian Schmetzer can customize uh, those those tactics to, to fit each team. I mean, it's just a really incredibly functional, well-rounded team. Uh, and, and, that, and that's just what makes them so good. Yeah, given how the game had gone and, and uh, everything, I was actually kind of happy to see Andy Rios on because I felt like the Quakes needed more physicality in the middle to win some of those balls. Not to say that Rios really kind of stood out and had an excellent game. He certainly missed some opportunities that uh, or didn't take advantage of some opportunities, but it felt like if the Quakes were going to find a breakthrough, they were going to to need to get a little bit more out of that particular position. It always felt Chofis was defensively behind the play. Uh, Seattle uh, was doing different things that where they were doing a good job kind of taking a, a Quake's man mark and getting them behind them, and then they would break forward. And the man mark was always grabbing jerseys, you know, trying to, to do do something. And, and it happened multiple times in the first half. Quite often, the marker was going in too aggressively into a tackle. And when they missed, you know, it was on for Seattle to be able to transition. And that's a team that you don't really want to let transition. Hang on with us. Uh, tonight, uh, we're going to have Matias Almeida, and we believe it's just going to be one player, potentially Jackson Ewell. We're waiting for an update right now from Quakes PR to see who it will be. As soon as we hear Matias or a player step to the podium, we will uh, break off to that. Um, Alex, uh, things got a bit interesting at the end. A field player in goal. Don't see that very often. My, my son was in the stadium tonight, and uh, he's a player who has played both as a keeper and as a, a field player back and forth throughout his his club soccer career. And he said he believes that Alex Rodon was probably a goalkeeper up until the point he realized he was going to be five seven and decided that he needed to switch to field. Uh, wh what about what did you uh, what did you think when uh, when you noticed that they were going to have to put uh, Alex Rodon in, in goal there? I mean, there was just a moment of confusion. Uh, that happens whenever you have to sub an, an outfield player in goal. It was like, okay, we need to get a, a goalkeeper jersey for Roldan. They eventually found one, and then he was about to run to the the goal to, to you know to get in place. And then he goes, oh wait a minute, I need gloves. So they had to run back and and get a pair of. Uh, I think he borrowed some from Seattle's uh, backup uh, backup keeper. Um, but honestly, he made a really good save. I mean, he was put under fire really quickly because the Quakes had a uh, they had a free kick and they you know launched it into the box. They curled it into the box, and he made a pretty good save. And he you know he put his body on the line too because he kind of got decked by Jackson Ewell. 
in that play. Uh, and then later he also had to deal with another cross. I think um, I, I'm a little disappointed that the Quakes weren't able to, you know, put a shot on goal. Cause I think if you put, you know, put a real strike on target, then you could, you, you know, you could make something happen there. Uh, but, you know, credit goes to World on for uh, evidently knowing how to play in goal. Now the, uh, the fans are a bit mixed on, on this and it's, it's never a good thing when a referee becomes the story, but, Quakes fans really can't help, but every time they see Valdemaro Toledo in the middle of the pitch uh, as the referee for the match, like somehow he's just a magnet for attention. Uh, first, there was the handball call, and then we saw VAR overturn that. Shades of a game uh, a, a few years back against, uh, uh, I think it was Atlanta United, if I remember right, but uh, there was a game where he overturned two VAR calls. Both went against the Quakes a couple of years ago, um, and I remember we had to put questions into him after the match to ask why those things were changed. And the Quakes fans always just feel like he's never going to give them. Uh, he's always, they're always going to get the short end of the stick when it comes to his calls. Maybe a little bit of controversy at the very end. Seemed like there should have been some additional time because of the Fry injury. There was four minutes that were added on the Fry injury took probably at least an additional four minutes. It didn't really feel like there was at least eight minutes there at the end. It seemed like it got cut off a little quickly. Um, what do you think when we get, I mean, the fans want us to talk about it, so we're going to talk about it. You know, what did you think of uh, Toledo tonight? Meh, I don't really have any strong feelings either way. I mean, he has royally screwed the Quakes in the past. I remember, I think it was two, three years ago, uh, he gave the Quakes like two red cards and they were down to nine men against uh, Toronto FC, I think. And they actually came back to either tie or win that game. They got a result. Uh, but, I mean, I agree with some of these comments here. I'm seeing Daniel here saying, I hate Toledo as much as the, the next fan, but this was far from his worst performance. Lance says, I don't think that he was that bad that night, but he loves the attention. He lives for the attention. I agree. I don't think he is one of Major League Soccer's best referees. He screwed the Quakes in the past, but... I don't really have a problem with him tonight. If anything, I think he did a good job in the second half. Uh, you know, Seattle were making, I think, a lot of little fouls, late fouls, and to some extent the Quakes were too. But he was letting play run, and I think that was a good thing for the Quakes because it allowed them to keep the momentum going. Uh, and, yeah, I actually remarked that to you in the second half. So uh, I don't think that you can point to Toledo uh, tonight and, and, you know, assign him any blame for this uh, defeat for the Quakes. I mean, if you look at that, you know, VAR call, uh, you know, we were talking in the the Slack channel. We have a Quakes epicenter for all of our, our patrons. And, you know, Colin and I said, you know, that, that there's no way that that was a, a, a penalty. And, you know, he's sort of the refereeing, our in-house refereeing expert. And so, you know, if that's what he says, I'll trust his call. Uh, I think it was a, a perfectly adequate refereeing performance tonight. And, you know, I, I just and that's why the Quakes weren't able to get a result. All right. Well, let's move right, on let's from the, the officiating. Certainly, Certainly there, there are, are other things, things to talk, talk about, about here. here. I think, I think you need, need to, to put me on. on. Go on, there. There. Thank you. There you go. Now I'm not hearing an echo. Um, so, uh, JT Marcinkowski, I you know, I think like sometimes – there's some questions about the decision-making that he's been making more recently. Uh, some of his passing has not been as sharp tonight uh, or has not been as sharp this season. 
how do you feel that that he did tonight? He didn't have a ton to manage. Most of the Seattle shots actually went wide um, or over over the bar tonight. They missed, uh, I believe it was 10 shots last I had, had checked, uh, unless they added one at the end there. Um, it. Uh, how, how did you feel like he, he managed the box tonight? I mean, when you think about it, the Quakes did give up one goal, but that goal, and that goal was, you know, obviously a, a good strike from Rui Diaz. I don't think there's anything Marcinkowski could have done about it. Overall, it felt like the Quakes played them pretty even on the night. And, uh, you know, they did okay on the defensive end, cleaning up most of the dangerous situations. But what did you see? I mean, JT's distribution has just been a little off this season, and that's slightly concerning given that that was one of his strongest attributes last year, generally is one of his strongest attributes for the, you know, the U.S. Olympic team as well. Um, I mean, you could say that he might have uh, been able to claim the cross that I think eventually set up uh, the goal for uh, Seattle. Might have been able to do that. I think his aerial presence has been a little weaker this season as well. Uh, I don't think it has really cost the Quakes a ton yet. So I'm not incredibly concerned. Uh, but um, yeah, it, it is a little off-putting that he seems to have a little less confidence and a little less composure than he did last year. And I mean, I think it's a good thing in terms of his distribution that he's always looking to play forward and, he, you know, uh, that pays off most of the time. He's looking to launch quick counterattacks and looking to play with his feet. And Matias Almeida is telling him to keep taking those risks and to keep uh, playing that style and playing that way. Uh, it's just been a little off so far. And and, and that's a little, a little disappointing. I, I do want to uh, talk here about one of the comments that Lance says that uh, we need to see Ewell, Rometty, and Judson in the midfield. Chofis needs to hit the bench. Uh, I mentioned it earlier. I think, you know, Chofis was a little quiet in that game. I I, I think that uh, there are lots of midfield combinations that the Quakes could choose uh, now that, uh, you know, Rometty is playing so well and hopefully Judson uh, is fully fit again soon. Um, I would say my one thought is that I was a little concerned how quiet Jackson Ewell was. I think that he had a really strong game against DC United uh, when he, you know, hit those two goals and he, he had a really strong attacking performance and was getting forward. But otherwise this year, he's kind of been pretty quiet. Uh, he hasn't really been, uh, you know, controlling the game uh, and playing as many uh, passes as he, you know, he, as he did last year. Um, you know, it's not really the Jackson Ewell that was kind of dominating in Olympic qualifying. Uh, he's just been a little quiet. And maybe it's the partnership with Eric Rometty in the middle. Maybe they just haven't fully figured each other's movement out yet. Certainly, I think that Rometty is more willing to take on players himself and to drive the ball forward himself. And I think that's really a good thing for the Quakes. One of their biggest chances uh, in this match uh, was when he made a run into the box and cut the ball back for Cade Cowell. But on the other hand, that means that Jackson Ewell is seeing less of the ball. Because when Jackson Ewell played alongside Judson, Judson was just funneling the ball to him. Everything was going through Ewell in the middle. Uh, and he was that creator in there. Uh, and so I just think that he hasn't really figured out the right, uh, you know, combination with, with Rometty yet. And uh, I'm curious how a Rometty Judson midfield would look like. I'm curious about lots of these combinations. But right now we're going to go to the uh, press conference, I think, with Matias Almeida.
Jamin Moore. Hi, Coach. Thank you for taking the time tonight. I'm sure you're disappointed with the loss, but it did feel like a bit of a battle tonight, a physical match in many ways. Um, Seattle obviously has a, a tough defense. Um, how did the match go from your perspective this evening? Es obviamente una derrota, puede ser que estés decepcionado. Eh, se sintió que fue como una batalla, una, un partido duro. Obviamente, Seattle tiene una defensa muy dura. ¿Cómo te sentiste hoy? ¿Cómo te sentiste el partido hoy en tu perspectiva? Ante todo, buenas noches. Firstly, good evening. Muy contento. I'm really happy. Estoy muy feliz. I'm really happy. Porque el equipo jugó ante el mejor rival que tiene esta, esta, esta liga. Because the team was up against the best team in the league. Y futbolísticamente mostró cosas importantes. And in terms of football, they showed important things. No puedo tenerme solo en el resultado cuando el rival pateó una vez al arco. I can't just take away the result when the opposition only got one shot at, uh, on goal. Y si me detengo en la cantidad de acciones que creamos. I take away the amount of chances we created. Contra un equipo que es excelente. Against an excellent team. Contra una defensa que es muy buena. Against a really good defense. Pero que tuvimos las posibilidades y esta vez no pudimos concretarlas, pero las tuvimos. And we had our chances. This time we weren't able to put them away, but we had our chances. Creo que nos hubiese gustado al menos empatar lo que creo que era justo. I think we would have liked to at least tie the game, which might have been fair. Pero me quiero detener en, 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 en lo que produjo el equipo. But I'll take away what uh, the team has produced. Los primeros 25 minutos fueron medio de ida y vuelta. The first 25 minutes were kind of back and forth. Y después eh, empezamos a mejorar y creo que por momentos eh, hicimos muy bien las cosas. And we started to improve and for moments we did things really well. Thank you, Matias. Next question from Alicia Rodriguez. Thank you. Uh, Matias, it seemed like the attack, you know, you guys had a lot of, uh, of the ball and um, you were able to get uh, a fair number of shots off, but just didn't seem like you you had, you know, quite the, the clinical look. Uh, how would you assess the, you know, the, the chances and, and the shots that uh, the team took on the night? Dicen que el ataque tuvo la pelota mucho y tuvo sus oportunidades, solamente no tuvieron la definición. ¿Qué puede decir sobre eso, sobre la cantidad de, de oportunidades que tuvo el equipo? Bueno, por eso digo que me dejó contento. That's why I say that I'm happy. Quedo feliz por lo que produjo el equipo en la búsqueda de ir por un empate, inclusive si lo empatamos por un triunfo. I'm happy with what the team produced and looking for the tie, and if we tied even, we were looking for the win. Pero el fútbol es así, muchas veces propones, llegás, y por X motivo no se convierte. But that's the way football is. You create, you get there, you impose, but for whatever reason, you don't, you can't put it away. Y cuando jugás contra un rival de esta jerarquía, and when you're up against an opponent of this pedigree, le bastó solo con un tiro al arco para, para concretar un, un golazo, hicieron. Just uh, one shot to go was um, all they needed to score a great goal. Pero remarco el camino que intentamos en, en empatar el partido, esa búsqueda de de la intensidad, de, de desbordar por, por, por los costados, la movilidad, la presión, creo que se vieron cosas buenas. But I highlight the path that we, did, that we had to look for our chances, getting by on the flanks, um, getting our chances, so I think the search was good. Thank you, Matias. Next question from Alex Morgan. Unmuted. Hi, Matias. Uh, condolences on the loss, but it's, it's good to see you and good to speak with you. Um, 
can you talk about uh, in the midfield, Eric Rometty and Jackson Ewell and how their partnership is developing, uh, you know, what you saw from them tonight uh, and, you know, what, what you'd like to see more of from them going forward, what you think they can improve. And then maybe about uh, Judson's fitness as well, if you think he could appear in the middle again uh, soon. Muted. Juegan juntos, en qué pueden mejorar y qué ves, qué ves que ya hacen bien o mal. Y también te quiere preguntar eh, sobre el estado físico de Judson. Sí, la primera creo que está funcionando muy bien esa dupla. For the first question, I think that duos working really well. Donde recuperan y juegan. When they recover and play. Donde hacen relevos. Where they cover. For donde son other. grandes intérpretes de, de leer el juego. When they're great interpre interpreters of reading the game. Y donde le están dando precisión a la fase ofensiva también. And they're adding accuracy to the offensive phase all eh, as well. Creo que en los partidos que hemos jugado se ha visto que sobresalen los dos. I think in the games we've played you can see that they both stand out. Y es muy difícil mantener ese nivel tanto tiempo. And it's really hard to maintain that recuperándose de, de tanto tiempo que estuvo que no estuvo con nosotros. Judson is still recovering from the long time he spent away from us. De a poquito se va poniendo cada vez mejor físicamente. Little by little, little by little he's getting better and better physically. Y bueno, el día que esté bien físicamente entra en la competencia con ellos dos. And the day that he's fit, he's going to start to compete against them too. También Judson me está gustando mucho como central. I'm also really liking Judson a lot as a center back porque me aportaría muchas cosas. Así que bueno, ahí estamos en esa búsqueda de que él pueda sentirse de la mejor manera posible. So we're still in the search for him to feel as best as he can. Thank you, Matias. Before we switch over to Spanish, we're going to take a couple more in English specific to Saturday's game against Portland, starting with Jamin Moore. Hi, Coach. Thank you for ask, letting me ask another question about Portland. Uh, you may not have had a chance to analyze them too much so far. Uh, they off to a, a tough start to the season, normally a very tough team. Um, what do you tell your players at this point in the season in such a tight schedule? Um, physically, how do you get prepared for a uh, turnaround quickly for an opponent like Portland? Thank you. La pregunta sobre el partido de Portland dice que tal vez no tuviste la oportunidad de analizarlo eh, en profundidad todavía. Eh, Portland arrancó, tuvo un arranque difícil, pero Portland siempre es un equipo duro. ¿Qué le decís a los jugadores en un momento así cuando tienen que recuperarse rápidos con pocos días entre el partido contra dos equipos difíciles? Bueno, evidentemente eh, tenemos que analizarlo bien a Portland. We have to analyze Portland well. Para nosotros no solamente Portland, Seattle, son todos los, los rivales difíciles. For us, not just Portland, Seattle, every opponent is difficult. Los respetamos a todos, pero sabemos que tenemos que estar muy bien para, para competir en contra de cualquiera. We respect everyone, but we know we have to be doing very well to compete against anybody. Eh, analizaremos a Portland y después analizaremos quién está recuperado de este partido. We'll analyze Portland and, and we're also going to have to analyze who has recovered from this game. Y si es la ocasión de, de cambiar en algunas posiciones para renovar energías. And see if it's time to make some changes to renew energy. Thank you, Matias. One more specific about Portland from Alicia Rodriguez. Thank you. Uh, 
your last answer uh, kind of answered part of my question, but I guess uh, specifically, um, do you expect that uh, Osvaldo Alanis will be in contention to play on Saturday or um, is that something that he's not ready yet or, or it's a, a decision uh, you'll have to make closer to the game? También en relación con el partido de Portland, eh, si, vos, si si sabes si Alanis podría estar para jugar ese partido o si tendría que seguir esperando eh, un, un par de días más para ver si podría jugar. Bueno, hoy estuvo el partido y re, realmente no, no pensábamos en eso y a partir de mañana comenzaremos a analizar posición por posición, hablando con los jugadores, a ver quién tiene esta energía para mantener esta dinámica que estamos teniendo. Y obviamente entrará también Osvaldo en esa consideración. Today obviously he wasn't uh, in the game, but after this game we have to look at position by position and see who can uh, play, who has the energy to keep playing. And obviously Osvaldo is going to be within that contention. Thank you, Matias. We'll switch over to Spanish now and start with John Rojas. Thanks, Jake. Matias, gracias por el tiempo. Cuando Cuando en el marcador hay un partido como este, en el que el rival se le defiende más de media hora, en el que ustedes tienen seis remates a puertas contra uno, y todo lo que ya usted mencionó, a los muchachos se les dice, aquí no se ha perdido nada, se ganó un montón por todo lo, lo, el proceso, teniendo ese peso específico del rival enfrente y lo bien que se hizo. Sí, se les remarca lo bueno, pero también hay detalles que le ha remarcado cuando terminó el partido. Hay algún detallito que tenemos que mejorar. Eh, pero en líneas generales me, me gustó porque el equipo jugó bien realmente. El equipo, sobre todo por la, la importancia que tiene Seattle en esta liga, en, en sus inversiones, en su, entre, en, sus, en su entrenador, la manera en la cual lo hace jugar, en las características individuales y colectivas que tiene Seattle. Y entonces analizo desde ese lugar. Creo que no es fácil jugarle. De hecho, le han ganado a todos, a nosotros también, y siempre es un equipo que hace cinco o seis años, ¿no? Que es protagonista constantemente. Entonces, no minimizo contra quién jugamos, entonces desde ahí creo que hicimos muchas cosas buenas. Que manteniendo eso, seremos competitivos contra cualquiera. Thank you, Matías. We're going to take two more questions, starting with Carlos Ramirez. Matías, ¿cómo te va? Buenas noches, un abrazo. Buenas noches, Carlos. Eh, profe, ¿cómo evalúas el partido de Tanner Bison, entendiendo que es un central de apenas 12 partidos en MLS y que le tocó pelear con todo un tipo como Raúl Ruiz Díaz, que tiene eliminatorias, Copa América, mundiales encima, y luego contra Freddy Montero, y a los dos, más allá de que es un trabajo colectivo, este muchacho que tiene esos 12 partidos lo, lo, se vio tan fluido, tan natural. ¿A, a ¿Cómo lo viste hoy y cómo es el crecimiento de Tanner? Bueno, el fiel reflejo de lo que somos nosotros como club, como San José. Nosotros tenemos muchos jóvenes que y que el día que tengan 50 partidos, entonces se van a convertir en jugadores importantes, pero es un proceso lento el nuestro. Por eso que remarco la importancia de, de haber jugado de la manera en la cual lo hicimos, más allá del resultado, y que lo nuestro con más tiempo, la verdad. Si bien queremos ganar todo lo que viene, pero hay que ser conscientes. Eh, de muchas cosas, eh, por ejemplo, no apresurarlo a los chicos, eh, protegerlos desde las redes sociales hasta, hasta en los entrenamientos, 
y creo que van por buen camino, van por buen camino y, y tienen que seguir corrigiendo cosas, tienen que mejorar muchas de ellas y tienen que reforzar también las buenas que tienen para darse cuenta que pueden. Thank you, Matías. One final question from Fabian Renko. Hola, Matías. Gracias por tu tiempo hoy. Buenas noches. Buenas noches. ¿Cómo se siente Marcos López? ¿Salió del partido lesionado? ¿Cómo se siente ahora? Gracias. No, Marcos creo que salió con un calambre. Eh, y bueno, eh, creo que no es nada. Y mañana, una vez que descansen y todo, mañana se va a ver bien si sufrió algún tipo de lesión o solamente fue el, el cansancio muscular. All right, thank you very much, Matias and Augustine. Thank you. So that was Matias Almeida's post-match press conference. Uh, we'll be speaking with Jackson Ewell next, so stick around for that. And I'm going to add Jamin Moore back on right now for his take. And I think we're going to be introducing another special guest uh, joining us right now, Jamin. Yeah, I believe we have uh, Robert Jonas joining us. So why don't we go ahead and bring him in. Robert, thank you for taking the time. I know uh, you're a busy man these days. Uh, did you get a chance to listen in to Matias' press conference there? I only caught the tail end there, so unfortunately missed the uh, the bulk of the questions. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, I'm sure he was maybe I'm sure he's disappointed with the result. But uh, you know the details, I'm sure uh, you know is something he's going to have to work out with his coaching staff. So I'll say I'm disappointed in the result. Not exactly the uh, the kind of Quakes uh, team we saw play on the weekend on Friday, and and uh, just didn't really have it for for stretches of the game and it just seemed reminiscent of a uh, you know a midweek game with uh, just that level of lethargy that uh, you know you sometimes expect on a Wednesday night so go ahead Alex I, I was just gonna say I think that's a, a good take Robert and you know I think Matias one of the things that he did say in that post-match press conference that caught my ear was that uh, he's going to look at some changes heading into this weekend to see if he can bring back some energy into that lineup because it did look a little lethargic, as you say, uh, today. He's going to look at some changes. So, you know, that could mean bringing on a Palmery for Tommy Thompson and right back and, you know, adding some pace and energy there. Uh, you know, it could mean uh, bringing on Andy Rios in the front line uh, and mixing it up there, taking out trophies. Uh, so there are lots of different options uh, that he has in there. Uh, and I'm curious, Robert, uh, you know, if any any of those players particularly stood out to you tonight, uh, you know, what your takeaway, how, how you thought Seattle were able to to break down the Quakes. Well, I think that there's just seems to be no secret of the way Seattle has opened this season. You know, they're they're not trying to possess teams. I don't think that was really their M.O. at times last season. And, you know, this is a MLS Cup. Uh, runner-up here. This isn't a, you know, a, kind of a mid-table team at all, you know, so they know how to play disciplined defense. They know how to get guys behind the ball. And I, it felt like they were the ones that were making the better decisions when it was time to press or, you know, when it was time to sort of back off and, and, and let the Quakes uh, kind of bat the ball around for a while. And to me, that's the sign of a better team that, that knows when to, to, to make those uh, decisions in those moments. And, and perhaps you could uh, very much so a well-coached team at that. 
And so, uh, you know, the, people need to remember it might have been a first versus second place in the standings as of this morning, but, you know, not necessarily two teams have been battling it out year after year. So uh, this is 14 games in a row that the Quakes have failed to uh, find a win against Seattle, dating back many, many seasons. And it seemed like some of those same I guess same issues, those same disparities in 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 the team style and the team dynamics, you know, were on display tonight. One of the things Matias said that he actually liked a lot about the game was the fact that there was only one shot on target that they had given up. So from that perspective, he was pleased that because he felt that they had a lot more opportunities, they were a lot more dangerous. Really, only the one shot against tonight. Uh, you know, from from Seattle, one of the things that we were noting a little bit earlier in the show was basically how Seattle did a good job kind of pressing them, pushing people out to the ends, man marking them in some ways uh, during the press situations, making it very difficult for the Quakes to be able to play through the middle. And any time that they seem to get the ball in the middle there, they things got very physical. There were a lot of fouls uh, that were called in the middle of the pitch tonight. You know, what did you see from your angle? Yeah, it, it, it was exactly that. You know, Seattle knew that if they controlled that center, that, that things would probably go their way. One thing that, that, you know, in watching at times, you know, the Quakes had their opportunities, maybe found some spaces where when they were able to get that ball transitioned from one side to the other, you know, when they got Jackson Ewell behind the ball and sprang one of those, you know, sideline to sideline passes, did seem to catch Seattle having to regroup and having to refresh. But, you know, they the Quakes weren't finding enough of those opportunities or taking maybe advantage of, you know, the chances they did have to, to really stretch the field quickly and and cry, try to create some imbalance in the Seattle uh, defense because they were so huddled in that center of the field you know they were able to make the modifications when the ball was moving more slowly so when you saw two touches or three touches from a quake instead of a, a quick pass uh, even even a you know quick diagonal a quick triangle pass backwards to, to to get an opening channel you know none of that was really happening fast enough and that just allowed Seattle to to you know comfortably get get into position uh, at, at times and, and, and just keep the quakes from really you know, getting into that attacking third in, in a way where they had spaces to, to make decisions, to, to, to really kind of press issues and, and take the kinds of shots that were going to give Stephen Fry, Stephen Fry uh, trouble. Um, so, you know, they, they might've limited the uh, Sounders to just a, a shot on goal. Um, I think if uh, Raul Diaz played a, uh, a, a, a better game, he, he probably could have had a goal or two tonight, uh, Rua Diaz, sorry. Uh, so, that was uh, somewhere where the Quakes caught a break, um, but you know Seattle played discipline enough that uh, Quakes could never never get the ball rotated around fast enough to to take advantage. And Robert, you mentioned a little bit of the the history there of this fixture. And Brian has a, a insightful comment here in in the comments. He says the last win against Seattle was in June 2015. The last goal the Quakes scored against Seattle was all the way back. Uh, at home, at least, was all the way back in, in April 2017. So, yeah, historically, Seattle have had the Quakes number. Uh, I, I just think that speaks to the way that Brian Schmetzer has this team uh, playing. And then uh, tonight, I think, uh, uh, you know, uh, one of the reasons that they were able to shut down the Quakes so well is that they just totally, uh, you know, mitigated the risk of Cade Cowell. Uh, they didn't give him space to run in behind. Uh, and then when you have... Uh, you know, guys like Nuhu marking him at the back. You know, Nuhu, I think, has the pace uh, to outpace Kate Cowell and the physicality to challenge him, too. So does Andrade. 
uh, in the in the back line. So physically, I think they were able to keep up with him, uh, and then they were just marking him uh, really, really tightly. So you know, he did have one opportunity in the first half, and I actually thought that he had hit a good shot from from Eric Rometty's cutback. But you know, when you have Fry in goal, uh, you know that that's a, a a huge addition for Seattle as well. So yeah, I, I just don't think Cowell had the uh, had that many opportunities uh, tonight, and, and I think that's one of the reasons why the Quakes struggled uh, going forward. Well, you, you had a you know this is a veteran team, a veteran coaching staff, and we've seen Cal, and they've seen Cal now play for a few games to start the season. He's a physical player, you know. He uses that physical you know dynamic to to his advantage at times. And uh, I was watching the broadcast, and uh, Danielle Slayton had a a fantastic comment at some point in the second half where you know it looked like Cade Cal could have gone down for a foul. It was it was deep in in the attacking third. He kind of stayed on his feet. He he was you know withstood the pressure, withstood the push uh, from the defender um, but a, a you know a wiser player a more veteran player knows to go down in that situation knows the the gamesmanship is part of the process you earn your team a free kick in a dangerous position and that's still something and she said this you know that's something a young player can learn um, he's going to get all sorts of uh, tests in this season you know if he's going to be the uh, kind of the you know one of the faces of the quakes you know that's going to make other teams you know look out for him and look look for ways to sort of throw him off his game so as 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 Cade takes those uh, takes those lumps, if you will, if uh, you know, and learns from them, you know, then uh, you know his next phase of the development occurs. You know, the, tonight was not the night where he was able to to sort of play that gamesmanship, uh, but maybe in the in future games he learns when it's the appropriate to take the foul. Let's switch sides of the pitch here and and let's talk about one of uh, Almeida's comments about Judson. Um, clearly, I think the the fans would like to see a bit more of Judson, maybe. Tonight, tactically, wasn't the best opportunity to get him on the pitch and be able to try to get some more minutes. And he really hasn't been getting more than, I don't think, 20 minutes in any game so far this season. One of the things we heard PSL made us say tonight is that he's considering him for a center back uh, position when he returns. Most likely, that would be Flo's position because I think he's very happy with Beeson uh, filling in for Alanis at the, uh, at the left center back. And uh, Alanis is, is clearly, when he's healthy, you know, the number one player for that position. Um, so are we potentially looking at a competition now between Judson and Flo for that starting right back, right center back, sorry, position? You know, what do you guys think of that? I think it's perfectly reasonable that, uh, you know, any coach wants his players, you know, battling in practice to be that starting uh, center back, to be that starting forward, whatever the case might be. And I don't see uh, Mateus being any different in that way. Um, you know, it's a, this is a team that, you know, is you know, not going to go out there and necessarily beat teams with talent. Um, and so you need the the best players of the week, you know, playing in in your starting eleven. You know, the the guys that were really battling in practice, you know, ready to come off the bench in the eighteen. And you know, if you look at where the center back uh, depth is right now on this team, yeah. it's um, um, you know, my time here the past four or five years. I'll been, hold my thought. Distant teams in MLS, and um, you know, they're a very good side for a reason because they have really good players, and and they have a system that um, they're all bought into. Um, so for sure, they're they're a challenging team to play against, and um, you know you saw why tonight. I think we we made them suffer a lot, and we know we we pressed them hard, and um, you know they were able to to win, and I do that against a lot of teams. Um, 
I think, you know, this is a right step for us. I think, you know, regardless of, of the result, I think, you know, the effort was there. I think the attitude at the end and, and in the second half from, from the team was, was in the right direction. You know, it's just about finishing, finishing our chances and um, coming out ready to play at the beginning of the games. Um, you know, I think we gave away the goal um, early on and, um, you know, a little, a little slow at the beginning. Um, and I think that's something to still be improved on. Um, but I think a lot of positives to take from this game and, and a lot of season left to to go for and, and we'll get our chances um, again. Thank you, Jackson. Next question from Alex Morgan. Unmuted. Hi, Jackson. Thanks for speaking with us tonight uh, and condolences yeah. on the loss. Uh, I'm, I'm curious how you feel like your partnership with Remedi is developing in the middle, and you know, you know how you think he plays differently than Judson in there, and whether you see that changing your role at all when he's there. Muted. Yeah, I think um, Eric is is a great addition to the team. Um, you know, he's he's very similar to to myself and Judson and. Um, um, and his mobility, his his work rate, you know, being on the ball and his um, kind of aggression and kind of sacrifice for the team, you know, he he cares a lot about um, <clears throat> helping helping the guys around him. Um, so I think those are all really really good qualities. He's, he's really able to you know get us out of out of situations when we're building up from behind, um, and you know he's. He's always wanting the ball. He's always asking for the ball. So he, he's a guy to kind of relieve pressure from from the rest of the team, especially myself. Um, so I really enjoyed, you know, getting to know him better. And um, I think um, his influence on the team has been has been really good. Um, and so I think, you know, the more that he gets into the game and you know incorporate Jutson, um, I think you know we're we're really strong strong midfields who. Um, will be a hard, hard combination, no matter who's who's in there to, to play against. Thank you, Jackson. Next question from Alicia Rodriguez. Thank you, uh, Jackson. You guys only uh, conceded one shot on goal tonight, and unfortunately, it happened to be the uh, the goal, and it was a, a pretty nice one. <clears throat> My question is. Um, it seems like, you know, the last couple of weeks, you guys have only conceded like really amazing goals. Obviously, you scored a really great goal a few weeks ago. Um, is it a matter of, of the, you know, the quality of the attacking is getting better and, and um, you know, you have to be really special to score at this point, um, you know, because the defense is also getting better? Or is it just kind of a fluke thing that, um, you know, Obviously, you're going to concede a few shots here and there, and and sometimes they're just going to be amazing goals. Well, I'm curious about your thoughts on it. Uh, yeah, you know, no discredit. Um, I mean, I think Christian is a phenomenal player, and he scored a, a great goal with with his left foot today. You know, I've um, he's he's a dangerous guy, and you know, I think, um, you know, as as we move forward, and you know, there's there's a lot of a lot of teams with with dangerous guys who can score great goals, and um, you know those are those are their attributes. And I think we have we have guys on our team who can also score um, really good goals. And I think the, the quality of players, and you know, just the um, defensive aspect of especially our team, and you know, a lot of teams around, especially in, in the West and, and and in this league, you know, um, our challenge is score against. So it takes something something special to to score. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a great goal, goal by him. Um, I think, 
our responsibilities, you know, is to keep um, JT's life as easy as possible. And, you know, one shot um, is is good, but they scored on it. <laughs> um, so I think it's, it's still something to improve in, in you know, the quality of, of, of the shots that, that we, we give up and um, minimizing, you know, who's recognizing who's who's taking those shots and trying to um, limit those players because there are players around the league who can who can hurt you with only one chance. Um, but we keep moving forward and, and hopefully we have a lot of guys who can who can do the same thing to other teams. Thank you, Jackson. We're going to take three more questions, starting with Jamin Moore. Hey, Jackson, good evening, and thank you for taking the time to join us. Um, I, I'll ask a kind of a light question here. You don't get to see field players play keeper very often at all in this league. Obviously, no one wants to see Stefan Fry get hurt. Everyone would agree that he's a legend in this league. But when you see a field player like Alex Rodon going in goal, like what does that what does that do from for, for the guys? What, what like what is going through your mind when you see that? Is it like you know we got an opportunity here. We need to take advantage of this. Um, you know, what, what is it that, that the players talk about when you see a field player go into that type of situation? Yeah, I think um, the whole second half, we tried to take an opportunity. I think, you know, we were really pressing them them high. You know, we were in their attack a lot, getting a lot of crosses in. Um, I think, you know, we, we could have um, utilized that opportunity a little bit better and, and gotten some, some better shots. But, you know, I think we all recognize the situation. I mean, you know, you saw Tanner at the end of the game trying to get into the box and, and trying to, to capitalize on that opportunity with, you know, one man down and, and a field player in goal. And, you know, I think, I think we needed, we were close, you know, just kind of missed the ball a little bit at, at the end. Um, but yeah, uh, the guys are um, read the situation and, and know what's going on and try to push, you know, we were trying to push, push the whole game and, and it just, um, you know, kind of didn't happen for us. But um, I think you said the, um, it's a, it's a step that um, we need to keep going and and you know be more be more critical in and around the box. Thank you. Next question from Carlos Ramirez. Uh, hi, Jackson. Uh, how much of an advantage or disadvantage is for you guys to face a team that didn't play midweek like Portland on next Saturday? Um, you know, I think. Um, yeah, uh, I don't think it's either one, you know, they're, they're going to be a good team, whether, whether they played or not, you saw it against like Seattle today. I think um, even though they played Sunday, they were still a challenging team to play. And, you know, even though we just played today and played a game the other day, I think a lot of guys are, are used to kind of the, the tight schedule. Um, and you know, that you have to be up for, for every game, no matter the opponent. Um, so, <clears throat> you know, that we're going to face a tough team and probably, um, they're recovering from from Champions League, and you know other guys are are healthy and fit, and so we know we're going to have to come out with um, a lot of intensity and and you know be be 100% and start the game off really strong because um, they're going to have a really strong team. Thank you, Jackson. We're going to take one final question, uh, also specific to Portland, from Alex Morgan. Unmuted. Hi, Jackson. Uh, what do you think you guys need to improve going into the, the Portland game, uh, you know, to get the win there? Uh, and, you know, with only a couple days uh, turnaround uh, again, um, you know, how do you how do you make those? Do you, do you have to adjust the game plan at all 
to take into account, you know, some, some fatigue maybe? Muted. Um, I think our game plan plan is really good right now. Um, I think, you know, of course, um, we'll have to see how, how the guys are doing tomorrow and um, how they're feeling and, um, you know, kind of look at look at Portland's team and um, see see what areas that, that we can try to exploit and, and their, their strengths that um, we can kind of bolster. But I think, you know, defensively, I think um, – we're looking good and, and limiting a lot of a lot of opportunities for for the teams that we play so far and I think something to maybe improve on a little bit more is you know the, the quality of our chances and you know kind of making that extra pass to um, you know get a get a get a goal um, and I think you know trying to do that early on um, I think you know when we come out strong and 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 you know set the tone I think I think it's a good start for the for the game and so that's what we'll look to do this weekend and um, you know, we'll have a good game plan and, and try to execute it as best we can. All right. Thank you very much, Jackson and best of luck on Saturday. Thank you. Robert, you were listening in on that press conference. Uh, did anything in particular stand out to you uh, from what Jackson, you was saying there? Yeah, I, I think what he was kind of finishing there was was important. You know, the, he's absolutely right that you know the Quakes can live and die by the chances they can that they can create, and you know some of the guys just weren't on it tonight. You know, Christian Espinosa had opportunities. Uh, you know, failed to pull the trigger a couple of times, and sort of uh, got his you know shot got blocked out, uh, or you know those little bit of hesitations, uh, you know, kind of uh, just didn't go their way. And you know, sometimes you need a few lucky breaks too. Um, you know, not always uh, when the bounce doesn't ball doesn't always bounce your way. You're going to be kind of put in a difficult situation. You know, one thing that did strike me. You no, know, he didn't mention it there with quality chances, but the the number of set pieces the Quakes had tonight, and just the, I guess the lack of of ingenuity and quality on 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 any of them really to to test the goalkeeper to to really make a, a quality scoring chance was i think striking and set pieces are something you can work on and you can you know develop over time you know you know in the days when we would be out at training you would have plenty of time every day where they were doing set piece practice and and that is a you know seems like a a place where there can be a bit of a short term uh, prep you know ahead of friday ahead of the next game against portland you know you know try some things out you know get to, it doesn't take uh, you can have heavy legs and still get out there and put work on your set pieces. And maybe that's exactly what the Quakes need to get that one or two quality chances that Jackson is talking about. Yeah, that's just one of those small details that uh, I, I think uh, kind of bugs me uh, right now. It's frustrating to watch um, because, you know, the Quakes, I think they have the training ground routines and they have tried them. They're just not executing them well. And I, I'm seeing Michael here saying that we don't have height we won't score any set piece until we have a strong tall guy. Uh, and to some extent that is true, but you know, also they are trying like short set piece routines. They had one in the first half that Matt Doyle from MLS tweeted. They literally, it was the 37th minute of, you know, a Wednesday night game. They're down one now, but they're already sending up, you know, 10, literally all 10 outfield players for uh, the set piece. And yet they still didn't, even managed to get the ball in the box. They they had like a short set piece routine that they did and they just kind of wasted the chance. So, you know, it, it's those kind of wasteful, you know, moments that, that are a little frustrating. Um, but, you know, at least in terms of set pieces, they are not shipping, you know, 
two, three set piece goals a game at the back, which they have done in past years. So there's improvement on the defensive end. I think going forward, uh, you know, obviously they can still be better. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the chances tonight because, you know, they did have six shots on goal, um, or at least that's what Opta is recording. They've, they've actually been kind of changing the expected goals on the game because I think some of the, the things at the end got a little bit confusing uh, for them. So as of right now, anyway, it's showing uh, that uh, the earthquakes had about 1.5 expected goals. According to Opta, Seattle had one. Uh, Seattle had 17 shots to the quakes, 15, but they only had the one on target while the quakes had the six. And I would agree. I think it's been frustrating. One of the things that the team has not been able to do is, is score on a set piece this season. I believe all their goals have come from open play um, coming into the game. Seattle had only given up one goal in open play. Something was going to give, and unfortunately, it was it was the Quakes. They had an off night, you know, from a finishing perspective. Kay Cowell shot, I you know, in the first half, you mentioned the cutback, Alex. You know, I think was really kind of the best uh, chance of the night. It took a great save from Stefan Fry for that to not go in the net, and I think that's the type of thing that Matthias and and the team will walk away with and say. You know, we had that opportunity. It took a great save. Um, they might look at, uh, you know, some of the of the things that happened toward the end of the game there, a couple chances in the box, and and feel that, you know, they could have done a little bit better here or there, and they would have gotten it. But I agree they're going to need some different ways to put the ball in the back of the net. You can't always rely, you know, on the open play uh, goal. You have to be able to balance that with some set pieces and whether that means that they need to go back to the training ground and get some new routines or they need to or because you know teams have have maybe seen a good bit of what the quakes have or what have you um they're going to need to find a way to get balls into the back of the net at least until they get that kind of aerial presence that can both help them on the defensive side on set pieces but potentially also provide them a bit more of that height you know also, it's not all height. It's it's some of it is creativity. Some of it is keeping the other teams guessing, making different runs, different players in different spots at different times. And tonight there were a lot of corners, but they really didn't take advantage and create you know, much danger from almost any of them. And, and I will add that, you know, one of the guys that improves their set pieces immensely, I think, is Oswaldo Alanis. He has an absolutely incredible left foot that can whip it in from basically anywhere in the final third uh, and so the fact that he is still injured uh is concerning for the quakes i think you know his composure in the back line is important and you know to their credit florian youngworth and tanner beeson have really stepped it up i think both of them had solid games tonight even though the quakes lost you know with that said i i still think alanis would slide right back into that starting role in the back line because of his composure and you know because importantly those set pieces, as we're talking about, uh, he can whip it in. He can also add an aerial presence in the air. Uh, and so in two weeks ago, I think, against DC United or FC Dallas, you know, he was sort of surprisingly pulled from the match day squad uh, at the last minute. Uh, and we were told it was, uh, you know, precautionary uh, and, you know, wasn't very serious is the way it was made out to us. But this is, I think, the third match in a row that he has been totally absent from the, the, you know, the match day squad, the match day 20. And so that's definitely concerning for the Quakes. And I think, you know, might be, uh, you know, one of the reasons that uh, they want to accelerate their search uh, for 
uh, DP center back over the summer because, you know, both their center backs right now are old. Florian Youngworth, you know, is in his 30s. Oswaldo Alanis is in his 30s. If they're both susceptible to injuries like that, all the more reason to bring in a, you know, a young DP center back who can take this team to the next level. It'll be interesting to see what happens then because if they're talking about bringing the center back in, but Matias is talking about turning Jutsen into a center back, that's a lot of center backs now, right? And it seems to me like we might be getting to the point where Yule and or Remedi, you know, could use a, a bit of a break. You're going to ask them to play three games in pretty short order uh, here, and, and it's going to be a, a kind of a tough compressed stretch for the Quakes. He talked about injecting some new life Seems like if he was fit, Judson would be one of those kind of people you'd like to see come in and, and inject some life. Robert, what would you potentially change in, in the starting lineup in order to inject that type of life into the team against uh, Portland? Who's on the bench that we could see start and, and who that's who's starting that could use a bit of a break and maybe come in toward the end to inject some life in, into like the 70th minute? Yeah, I, I, you know, a player that uh, we haven't talked about, but a uh, you know, player I was uh, I think had a, a less than that less than par experience tonight was Tommy Thompson, and I, I could definitely see him being uh, on the bench to start the game against Portland. There were uh, too many giveaways. Uh, knew who was beating him comfortably on the wing, and you know that was really keeping uh, you know keeping Seattle in the game, especially early, and, and giving them their opportunities to score their goal on 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 just a, such a play. You know, so you know you know giving him a break. I don't know. You know, maybe Abakasi starts out there. Paul Marie would be a great uh, great. Uh, choice you know given uh, some of the experience he's had so far you know it, it it seems like that would be a good uh good place to go um eric rometty has impressed at times um in fact i feel the same way that uh you know maybe mateus is maybe he should be the center back at times we saw him kind of slide back there and and play a kind of an emergency role and let judson play more of a defensive back i'd be happy with that uh, in terms of getting some uh, some some fresher uh, players on the field it's uh you know we, with the five substitutions that you have every game you're kind of seeing all the players almost every game now so it's not as if there's guys hidden on the bench that we're that we're not seeing necessarily uh that uh, that are just waiting for their opportunity having said that we know there's some young guys in that team that uh, we haven't seen yet this season, Eric Cavillo and Saeed Haji and 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 uh, players that you know haven't made, played meaningful me enough minutes to to make an impression. You know, maybe they get their opportunity. Uh, you know, a game against Portland, uh, you know, a home game is a safe game to to be able to 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 put those guys out there and see what they can do for you. And if they do well, you keep them out there. If they don't do well, well, you've got a lot of subs to work with, and you can make the changes as necessary. Okay, fans, uh, we that, uh, Jackson's going to be the last player for tonight, and we, we're going to wrap this up pretty quickly. Before we do, we'd like to remind you that uh, to visit quakesepicenter.com, we're doing, I think, a great job so far this season, giving you fresh content before each game. Alex had a brand new article this week. I spoke with Harrison Crow from American Soccer Analysis. I'm going to speak to somebody uh, from the Portland side uh, uh, ahead of the Portland game. So you can look for that video will be coming. As always, there will be a preview for our patrons and then we will uh, be releasing it to everybody. But if you want to get this content as it comes out, subscribe to our Patreon. $2 gets you going, uh, gets you in for the uh, new articles as they come out, as well as uh, some of these uh, uh, videos that we're going to be producing, talking to people who are knowledgeable about the Quakes opponents. 
Um, and then we have special content that is for our $5 and $15 patrons only. Uh, if you're interested in what we're offering as a Patreon or why we even have a Patreon, visit quakesepicenter.com, click the Patreon link at the top and read about it. One of the things that we can't recommend enough is the Slack. Having the patron Slack for our $5, $15 patrons is a lot of fun. Game day chat is absolutely crazy. Everyone's in there going nuts about Toledo tonight for you know various reasons uh, because of course, uh, Quakes fans love him so much. Um, but it's always a lot of fun, hundreds of messages. I have a hard time keeping up to be quite honest, trying to watch the game and pay attention to all the slack, but it's a, it is a, a great time. If you're a $2 patron and you can afford it, upgrade to the five, ask for access to the slack and we'll get you in there so you can be there for the Portland game. And if you're somebody who's not a Patreon patron today, please consider it if you can afford it. And, uh, we'd love to, to have you on board. Uh, and Brian is new to the slack and is saying, Slack is awesome. Yes, absolutely. It is a lot of fun. Let me kick it over to you guys for some final thoughts. Matias Almeida, Jackson Ewell, both gave the impression that they felt positive that only giving up one shot on goal um, and that one had to be a banger in order to, 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 uh, to beat the Quakes tonight is a step in the right direction for this team, out shooting at least of the shots on goal as well, felt like a positive for them. What say you guys, Alex? I'll, I'll start, start with you. you. Well, I mean, I think, I, I think it was always going to be a tight game on the road. Seattle just play really tight games, and you know they do a really good job of controlling uh, in the midfield, and that they did tonight. And I think the uh, preserved a point between the chance that Kate Cowell had, the chance to feel point tonight. But you know, Seattle are just really, really good, and that's why they are at the the top of the table. Um, I, I would also like to plug the, the patron uh, Slack just because uh, today we saw uh, Marcelo, uh, who has been in the in the comments here, uh, Marcelo in the patron Slack, let us know where he was in the stadium. And so we waved at him uh, from the, the press box. Uh, he was wearing a, a, a nice uh, San Jose Clash sweatshirt. So bring all your Quakes bling and, and we'll give you a wave and, and a shout out and show us what you got. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to being back here for another uh, home game on uh, Saturday. Hopefully a better result for the, the Quakes and, and a, a more entertaining match as well. And we'll be announcing our crew and, and uh, obviously we will be carrying again the, the post-game press conference and we will be here on the Aftershock with at least, you know, three or four of us uh, to do a show for that. So plan that as a part of your evening. Robert, this is your first time getting to do a post game with us this season. Thank you so much for being able to take the time. We love the scarf wall behind you. Uh, give us your uh, your final thoughts on yet another Quakes loss uh, to the Sounders. This one's got to hurt a little bit more maybe just because it was an opportunity to move to the top of the Supporter Shield standings in the top of the West. And now the Quakes are going to need to pick up points against Portland in order to stay toward the top you know, of the conference, it feels, you know, what do you, what do you see as being their keys for success against Portland? 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, just to kind of reiterate, you know, Seattle is the kind of team you measure yourself against. And the Quakes have fallen short mightily and the Quakes have fallen short barely. And and tonight was one of those barelys. It was a good sign. So, you know, the the positivity coming from from the coach and from Jackson, you know, speaks to the idea that, you know, they weren't completely outplayed. You know, they had their moments. And like we said earlier, a few lucky bounces and it goes their way. I think that it's that kind of result, you know. A, a loss like that where it leaves you hungry you know if, if this team can can rouse up the energy for the game against portland you know they're going to feel they deserved something tonight and they're going to go out there and battle for those points uh, against portland you know portland's a team that's played a lot more games so far this season with their their champions league experience and and for better or for worse it makes them a bit battle tested but it also means that you know they're you know getting into some of those uh, as, you know parts of the season where a niggling injury here or a bit of complacency there can can kind of uh, disrupt a game plan so it's it's an opportunity for the quakes to uh, you know catch a portland team that maybe you know because of the extra time didn't uh, didn't put in the uh, the full effort this week or come out maybe they come out lethargic having had uh, as many days off as, as they've had and the quakes can uh, you know ride that emotion you know as we've seen with successful quakes teams in the past it's not really about talent that uh, pushes them over the finish line it's it's the passion that goes along with it and so when they when they they can bring that into the equation. That's when they can start playing and measuring up against these top teams in the West. Okay, thank you. That's our show for this evening. Before we sign off, please, if you've not yet subscribed to the channel, do so. By the way, this is going to be for your benefit. If we can get to a thousand subscribers on the channel, it'll give you some new features of things that you would really enjoy having. One of the things that our patrons really like in our Slack is that now we've got heads of several different Quakes players. We've got heads of QE writers. We've got Quakes logos, QE logos, all kinds of interesting uh, emoticons. And we can use that when people are chatting in the Slack and they have a lot of fun with that. We can give that type of thing to you on YouTube as well. One of the many benefits that we can get to improve your experience if we get to a thousand subscribers. So please like and subscribe because it's only going to be better for all of us in terms of the things that we can provide you uh, on this show. Thanks for to Robert Jonas for joining us tonight, Alex Morgan. Also, Aaron Morgan was our sideline photographer tonight. I'm sure he's captured some great photos of the match that uh, we will be uh, sharing both with uh, patrons and a special gallery as well as a few uh, over the Quakes Epicenter Twitter account. So pay attention for that content coming your way as well. For Alex, for Robert, I'm Jamin Moore. Have a good night, everybody. We will talk to you again on Saturday night. Thank you.